All right. Hello, everyone. This is Robert Kress, your lifestyle and functional pharmacist. It's been a while since I've been on here, so it's really good to be back talking to you. Um, and I've probably said this a time or two in the past, and um, and I did for a little bit, but this will be um, a regular installment uh, because it's coming together with a bunch of my other projects right now, really fitting in nicely. So I'm kind of excited to share some stuff, stuff with you um, as we move forward. Although, um, what I want to do is start kind of a new series here with you, kind of the grounds running. Um, in the past, I have, you know, given you a lot of just different tidbits and thoughts. And this time I'm going to, um, you know, in different directions, possibly, maybe it was methylation, maybe it was macronutrients, things like that. Um, although now I'm going to get a little practice central and I'm going to start giving you some um, some nuggets, some tidbits and some di ideas in the direction of developing your own functional and lifestyle medicine practice or growing your current functional and lifestyle medicine practice. So, you know, I work a lot with pharmacists and I do work, um, I have a mentoring and consultant program uh, and I do straight just one-on-one -on -one consults. And I have my own program when I work with patients and I work with individual practitioners. And, you know, over the many years, I guess you could say, I've been um, in my part of functional pharmacy, I've been kind of doing this role since 2004 from owning my own practice, which was a compounded pharmacy and nutritional pharmacy, had a retail outlet to it, uh, mostly nutrition, had a wonderful tea room, you know, high-end teas, um, had other practitioners on board, functional medicine physicians, uh, skincare physicians, uh, massage therapists, uh, did a lot of talks. So, and then in that, I, you know, got my clinical nutrition degree. I ran my clinical nutrition practice um, along with the compounding. Um, I had a kinesiology, my muscle testing practice that went on there as well. So there was a lot that went on for those years. So, you know, and since then, um, I've continued in this realm of lifestyle and functional medicine um, from my one-on-one -on -one practice. Um, you know, I, I worked for a regional grocer and I helped develop uh, their natural medicine line. I did a lot of marketing and writing on that, which is things I continue to do with the independent crowd, independent pharmacies, as well as, you know, pharmacists that are kind of going out on their own to develop their own side hustle. And I got into educating and teaching, which is literally what I absolutely love. I mean, if anyone knows me, they'll tell you that I love talking. And um, the funny thing is, like, back in high school and stuff, I was scared to death. I was the one that would stand up there with the sweaty palms that would kept saying, like, 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 and, 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 with my voice shaking. But now it's kind of something I really dig. And I've been doing continuing education courses for a number of different um, uh entities online. And now I'm primarily with PharmCon uh, or FreeCE.com. With them, a lot of the place where I spend my time is on the certification programs I've created. Um, I've created a level one and a level two certification, certification uh, as an in integrative pharmacy specialist. It's essentially functional pharmacy. Um, we just released the one that I created for technicians as well, which is huge because, you know, being in the realm of pharmacy, we know how 
how amazing technicians are and how we won't just can't get through our day without them. And, you know, even in um, larger scale pharmacy productions, we just can't get enough techs. We can't get enough hours to help us out because they are that valuable. And, um, you know, so I think it's really neat to kind of allow them to help us in this direction as well. And lastly, what I'm really excited about is another standalone certification course, which is coming out. It's a mini one, uh, and it's actually called uh, Food to Pharmacy. And this is something that I developed myself uh, for, how many years was I there? Maybe nine years um, with a regional grocer. And I did a lot of what I was calling wellness workshops, and I offered everyone a food to pharmacy approach. Uh, and, you know, the idea of it is or recognizing that Essentially, most, if not all, I mean, most of the allopathic medicine that sits on our pharmacy shelves came from nature, right? Uh, from plants, from herbs, uh, from animals, from bacteria, you name it. It, it, it came from nature. Uh, you know, it was back in the 40s or 50s. I don't remember who it was. Was it Eli Lilly? Maybe been a couple of different pharmaceutical companies, but they were sending uh, researches into the rainforest, you know, to learn from medicine people, um, shamans, uh, what natural products did what. I mean, we can give you a list of medications that are still used today. I mean, very simple. Um, something like aspirin that comes from willow bark, periwinkle, um, belladonna, right? All these things come from nature. So, then, you know, in a grocery store setting, I, I just thought it was just great because, and I, I encourage really any independent pharmacy to do the same because you probably don't, I mean, unless you are somehow situated or even independent pharmacists uh, in a grocery store, um, it's such a perfect place because, you know, diet and nutrition, our diet is the number one, one of the number one causes for lifestyle illness that we're dealing with now for all these modern day illnesses that are so rampant. A lot of it can really be prevented and a, a lot of diseases or with a healthy diet making changes. And there's a lot of diseases that are um, caused by an unhealthy diet, to be honest with you. So, you know, that's what this food to pharmacy was in these wellness workshops. So it's understand the power of food. And I used to say that, you know, the produce section could be like our first pharmacy one. Well, yeah, it's a rainforest. Um you know, you look at villages that have the neem tree, that's called the village pharmacy, right? Uh, but it was bringing that home to people in the local community and recognizing the power of the local farm and all that. So now what we have coming out is the food to pharmacy program, which I'm really, really excited about. So this is where I've been spending a lot of my time and I've recently developed the modern alchemist because I believe that's absolutely what we are. We are the modern alchemists out there because we are alchemizing uh, people's health from illness to health. Um, and we're also alchemizing our own selves and our own professions to one that's much more rewarding. Because I think a lot of us would agree that if we're speaking about the practice of pharmacy, um, job quality in a lot of sectors of the industry have decreased or declined over the years. Um, you know, and it's a lot of it is because we have declining uh, insurance reimbursements. Um, we can give you a whole host of things, right? So it's um, not as much time that we'd like to spend with the customer. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of billing issues. So that's what this is about too. So it's helping independent pharmacies as well as pharmacists who even might work for chains if they want to develop their side, side hustle. And it's kind of bringing lifestyle and functional medicine 
in a very defined approach and a customized approach to them. So, you know, this is what I've been up to. So what I want to do with this short series over the next few episodes with you is share with you some of just the core strategies and techniques and tidbits of information. So tonight, what I want to do, I, I say tonight, you might be listening to this in the daytime. I happen to be recording this at 917 at night. Um, why functional, uh, functional and lifestyle medicine? Why add it to the practice? So let's go over some, um, I don't know, some of the key factors and kind of chat about it. First and foremost, the customers want it. And this for me, from back in the early days, from 2004, when I was putting my first practice together, and honestly, it w I went at it and I, <laughs> I, I can't, I, caution on this and I consult with this all the time. Do not build, do not grow with a build it and they will come attitude. I did it. Fortunately they did, but it makes it a lot harder. So for me, I used to say, and I still do that. This is a patient driven movement and it is a movement because what are we doing? We're working from the inside out. Um, I've actually had this conversation recently and someone kind of said, well, you're like an activist. I'm like, no, I'm not like an activist. And the reason I say that it's because the definition I see of activism is trying to make social change. I don't want to uphold the system, you know, upend the system. I don't want to change the system. I don't want to destroy the system that we have. What I want to do is enhance the system to integrate natural medicine, lifestyle medicine, functional medicine, bring this congruent complementary approach together because I think that's where we need to be. I absolutely think we need this allopathic medicine. I do. Do I think we need it as much as we have it? No. Do I think doctors, pharmacists, nurses, and all other health care practitioners need to be uh, trained in it to be able to offer the very best treatment to the patient? I do. I think our current allopathic medicine is awesome for an emergency, but it fails us beyond the, the emergency. And it also fails us in prevention. And I also do think the system is weighted. I think it's biased. And I also think that there is uh, propaganda around a lot of it, to be honest with you, if we want to use that term. Although I'm not saying I want to um, upend it. I don't. But I want to get more clarity, education, so patients, consumers can all make the right decision. And we can all enjoy a practice, a career that we absolutely love. So the first thing is customers want it. They've been the driving force for me. They're the reason that my practice started going. For me, it wasn't marketing to the docs. I worked the other way around. I worked the way of the patients wanted it. Hey, doc, let's talk. Or patients go into their doctor. And nowadays it's a little different because we've got Dr. Google out there, right? I didn't have, the internet wasn't such a behemoth that it was. I mean, you look at all the data that's being increased on the, internet on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. It's insanity. And remember the old adage it used to be, you can be an expert in any topic as long as you read three books because you're doing more than 99% of anyone else. Well, I guess that's somewhat correct because if you get the right book, that's absolutely correct. Although we got to recognize that there's a lot of data and a lot of tidbits that people pick up to educate themselves online. So one of these things that I talk about pharmacists when I and they hire me to consult and I work with them is that we really need to become consummate learners and we need to up our game. It's okay not to know something. It's absolutely okay if a customer comes into us and 
um, talks about a disease that we might not even have heard of or known about, or even a certain compound and process or something like that. What's not okay is to let it rest and not learn about it. So that's that key focus. And that's why I also like to provide the mentoring and the support along the way to help pharmacists, you know, guide their way towards us. So that's a really big part. So it's recognizing that, it's recognizing the patients want it, it's recognizing that the patients really want an advocate on their side. That's a term I like to use personally. I want to be an, av an advocate that takes action instead of an activist um, because I like to work within the system and I like to bring it together that way. But uh, And I want to work with a patient and I'm going to have another podcast coming up with you about relatability and how to empathize with a patient. So we're actually working with them and we're kind of honoring their thoughts, their beliefs, and their struggles, uh, and their hopes and their wishes. Although, for this part, let's recognize point number one, it's what the customers want. And if we are not the one, if we, uh, if they bring it to us and we don't want to learn about it, or we just downplay it, if we say, ah, no, that natural medicine, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's not regulated or it can be dangerous, they absolutely feel different. That's why they're coming to you and they're hoping for you to be an advocate for them or at least to listen, to empathize with them. And when you don't, I can just guarantee that you're gonna lose them or you're gonna, what you're gonna at least lose, if you might still have their pharmacy business, but you're gonna lose their respect and you're not gonna gain any other business from them either. So that's number one. Second one, it's the absolutely perfect complement to allopathic medicine, allopathic conventional medicine. Now. They work hand in hand, you know, aside from, and, you know, have they run interactions between every herb and every drug? No, of course not. Um, although they also haven't run studies on five different drugs, those five different drugs in the system, the nine, the 12, the 18 different drugs that a patient's taken, you know? So I think we got to recognize um, that could be a bias slant within the pharmaceutical industry that we might've been indoctrinated to going through pharmacy school possibly, um, and coming out through the learning. So um, they are a complement to each other. Um, one way I could share with you would be drug-induced nutrient depletions. Almost every medication causes, I think it's like three, on average, three to five nutrient depletions. That's pretty huge. So if we're not stepping in with the knowledge to say, you know what, Mrs. Jones, you're on some medications for your high blood pressure, your cholesterol, and your diabetes, and I think it's really important that we build you foundationally as well. And even though these medications are used to make you healthier by treating your symptoms, I want to share with you the fact that they can actually deplete critical. All right, I'm back with you. We're continuing on. As I said, I haven't done this for a little bit, so I hit some wrong buttons. So we're back to Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones, you're on medication for your blood pressure, your lipids, and your diabetes. Uh, you're taking atorvastatin for your cholesterol. Uh, you're metformin for your blood sugar. And you're taking a beta blocker for your blood pressure as well as your heart rate. Now, what I want to share with you, Mrs. Jones, is that these medications all deplete, well, the statin drugs deplete coenzyme Q10 and so does metformin, and actually so does the beta blocker, the metaprolol. Coenzyme Q10 is really important for your heart. It's really important for every muscle in your body. It's important to create energy. And these medications might make you be feeling a little tired, a little achy. And partially that could be due to that. So we here at the pharmacy, looking at your medication profile, do suggest that you start taking some coenzyme Q10. So folks, just something simple like that, 
look what you can do for a patient and what you can do for your practice. But literally, you know, we've got people are, that are being kept alive by medications. That's a fact. You know, that's one thing that I, I've been saying with this whole COVID thing is that what it's done, it's sh shined light on what a fragile society of health we've become. Um, I mean, we've what, 75% of our population is overweight and we see metabolic issues and things like obesity were a major critical factor for people that would get hit the worst by COVID. So we've, we've long stopped trying not to die. And that was the thing in our primal days, primal paleo days, we literally developed the perfect genetic recipe. And the only reason we died at the ages that we did was because it was just hard living. You know, it's because tigers were chasing us and things like that. Um, although uh, we were very, very healthy, we were very fit and we've lost that. So, you know, we're being kept alive by medications. It's kind of like Humpty Dumpty, right? Being put back together. Um, but we're not living our vibrant lives or feeling great as we could. And, you know, the nutritional role can be a part of it. So that's one way that there's a complementary relationship between allopathic and natural medicine. So next, I want to share with you another point that's going to kind of, it's going to be congruent to that. Um, and is that it's that lifestyle and functional medicine actually steps in where allopathic medicine doesn't serve us. Let me give you an example. In allopathic conventional medicine, we either, it's usually a black and white thing. For instance, we either have adrenal activity or we don't. We're sick or we're not. We've got diabetes or we don't. When in fact, we know there could be this transitional stage with adrenal health. We can go from healthy adrenal activity then start going to a hypercortisol amount. So we're kicking out more and more cortisol due to stress. DHEA is following. Then we can be too high cortisol, too low DHEA. Then we can be too low cortisol and too low DHEA. And then we go to the point where we don't have it. So yes, at one point we have adrenal activity and we do have activity, but it's different phases and levels and kind of, you know amounts of activity. And with functional lifestyle medicine, you can actually test this way to see where cortisol is throughout the day. And we can help people adapt. We can use nutri nutrients to do that. Um, if someone's adrenal output is low, we can give them a glandular. That's going to help uh, extend the length of cortisol in the system. Um, there's adaptogens that can do that too, like licorice, actually. Um, ginseng, I believe, has the ability to do that. Um, Adaptogens can allow the adrenals to sit back and relax while we rebuild them with the nutrients that they look for, like vitamin C, adrenal glands suck it up, magnesium, which we're already low on. The adrenals are looking for that. And of course, B vitamins, right? So it allows us to kind of step into that gray area and maybe, you know, take some action amongst other things like lifestyle. Let's talk to the patient about managing stress. Let's talk to the patient about getting real on expectations, the importance of sleep, the importance of moving. It's not as much activity as we do or as much exercise. It's the frequency, right? So that's one example. Another one I'd love to share is diabetes. You know, what generally happens, I mean, you get diagnosed with diabetes when your blood sugar levels are at 126. Well, the red flag starts popping up when we're at 100. Maybe if we're normally in our 80s for a while, then we start to transition into our 90s, that should be the red flag. And then what happens though? You know, a lot of times uh, a primary care practitioner is not really, you know, they can't really sit with a patient too long. So they might see the trend and, you know, they've reached that 100. You know, their blood sugar is maybe 102, 103. And they're like, well, you know, it's still okay. 
but you know, watch your diet, exercise a little more, which inevitably, you know, a lot of times patients need more, especially if they're not the ones that are being proactive with Dr. Google. Um, so these are the ones that actually need help in a different way. So with them, we can really clearly define to them what they need to do and talk about the dietary factors like, well, you know, it looks like you are getting into insulin, insulin resistance, although maybe they don't know that. So that, you know, what that is, so the term might be, you know, your body's really not tolerating the amount of carbohydrates that it's consuming and it's leading to elevated blood sugars. So, you know, that's a way to talk about, let's talk about decreasing that carb content, replacing it with some healthy proteins and healthy fats. So, on top of that, we can talk about natural supplements like berberine um, that can lower the blood sugar, uh, help with the insulin resistance, fish oil that helps with the insulin resistance, alpha lipoic acid. So hopefully this patient that's at 103, right, instead of taking the slow march to 126 until they, you know, are given the metformin to take, we can bring them back into the 90s, right? and bring them back to where they once were so they don't have to go that route. So I think that's just another perfect thing to share about. So the next one, another reason why, is the connection that you build with your customer base. It helps you prevent attrition, and it helps build a moat. So think about pharmacy and retail pharmacy. This is a commoditized prof profession. If we're just talking about, I'm not talking about specialty pharmacy, but if we're just talking about regular allopathic meds, right? Your ACE inhibitors, your statin drugs, your metformins, your anti-inflammatories. These are all commodities. You can get them in so many different places. So what differentiates us then, right? The term differentiator die? Well, the differentiator in this case is oftentimes we go by, well, lowest price. So we will sell you a $4 generic just to get you in the door. And hopefully we can sell you a bag of chips with that so we can make a little more money. Or we don't make you wait. Service with a smile. Um, free delivery. And even in those cases, those customers will easily bend to a $15 coupon knowing that they'll get another coupon to come back to see you again. And we know the challenges with it. We know it's not great for them. We know they should keep all their trade under the same pharmacy to keep it on the same software. Although this is all about making you the obvious expert. One, so you can help people. And two, so you can retain your customers and your patients. Because when you develop a relationship through functional lifestyle medicine, I guarantee you this is a bond that'll last for almost ever. Um, I still have a lot of my same patients from the pharmacy that I sold years and years ago. Um, they followed me and I've been in a lot of different situations. I've gone kind of underground for a while. You know, I was only doing work online out of my house. Wasn't even in like functional medicine for a little bit aside from the marketing that I was doing. So I wasn't seeing patients or clients at the time. Um, but they still kept in touch with me to order supplements, right? So I still have a long list of people that have been doing that for about a decade now. Um, and when you can develop this type of relationship, this type of authority with your community, uh, this obvious expert status, it's amazing. And I don't know really of any other area of medicine or practice because you can get a vaccine anywhere, right? That's the new pipeline, but you can get that anywhere. That's why you have like certain pharmacies saying free vaccines even, you know, they'll give a free flu shot because it's just trying to get people in the door to sell them other stuff. But if you want medicine to be your primary thing, let's talk medicine. So the next one is 
It helps your patients. This is why we're doing this, right? Um, our med medical system, our purely allopathic medical system, it's great for some people, but it's not great for everyone. As I said before, it's perfect for an emergency, but it fails us after the emergency as well as in prevention. I've already shared with you a number of examples on how we can further help the patients better. In, in instances like adrenals, right? Uh, diabetes, drug-induced nutrient depletions. So this is why we're doing what we're doing. We are healers. We are practi practitioners of medicine. So we want to bring our clinical acumen to it, our humanity, our empathy, and also what I like to develop and coach and train into, our ability to coach our patients, which is pretty cool. Next, well, another reason, increased sales and services. Absolutely. I mean, we can talk about sales on natural supplements. Uh, if you are a pharmacy that's in a grocer, uh, we can build this bridge between grocery and pharmacy because this is a bridge and I'll, I'll because I've been there. It's so seldom crossed. They're like completely divisions, different divisions within the store. But let's get them to work together. That's very important. Um, you can sell more supplements. You can sell services. You can be a, co a consultant that wants to do one-on-one -on -one consults with patients. Maybe you want to do two group coaching. And I'm going to do another uh, podcast episode over the next uh, in this series coming up that's going to talk about different ways to make money in functional lifestyle medicine. Um, so we'll get into more in that then. But it, And it's something, and it's, hey, sales, money, helping people. That's what grows our practice. We have to make money to stay in business. And I think that's an interesting thing because a lot of pharmacists that got into this, they've always worked for the quote unquote, the man, right? But they've always just done it to get a consistent paycheck. And they never, they didn't really have, unless you're an independent pharmacist, because if you're an independent pharmacist owning a pharmacy, you're a true entrepreneur and you know that entrepreneurial spirit. But in the chains, especially when you're looking to break the chains or just add that side hustle, it's a different mindset. And you got to think this way. It's an important because I've talked to pharmacists that work for chains and they said, oh, they're just incorporating that because they want to sell more stuff. Yeah, maybe that's true. And that's not bad because that selling more stuff keeps us in business. But if we can do it with a purpose and with a reason of helping someone and, and healing them and add in reward to our practice, meaning we love what we're doing. God, that's a great formula, right? It's a win-win for everyone. So lastly, it's kind of what I just ended with. It's very, very rewarding. Um, back in 1995, I graduated in 1994 pharmacy school. In 95, I made a pact to myself that by the year 2000, because if anyone's around back then, you remember we were looking at the year 2000, it was going to be this like mo monumental thing. And this is before the whole Y2K vibe. So I, I used it as a... Uh, something to look at, right? And I swore I'd be at a pharmacy by that point. And I was living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So I was essentially working to snowboard and to hike and just to enjoy that lifestyle. Um, but what happened, unfortunately, was I had a technician, an intern come my way that talked to me about compounding. And I thought, you mean, you mean that old like thing I did in compound lab in pharmacy school? Why would I want to do that? But she told me about how awesome it is, how you can help patients, and told me about this organization called PCCA. And uh, I caught the bug. You know, I um, actually moved out of there, moved out of Jackson Hole, and I uh, ended up in Nashville, North Carolina. And I ran into the folks at Nature's Pharmacy um, down around Biltmore Avenue. And I saw what they put together, and I thought, man, this is what I want to do. This is...
All right, so I'm finishing up now because I did it again, folks. <laughs> so the last point, as I was talking about, was rewarding. And, um, you know, I saw what they were doing at Nature's Pharmacy and bringing compound and natural medicine nutrition. They turned me on to Emerson Ecologics. Um, I mean, that was essentially the uh, footprint that I wanted to create, that I did create. And I've tweaked it a lot since then. You know, I mean, I just, even from what they were doing, I didn't realize you know, and my experience brought me into so many different areas, which I'm just so grateful for right now. So me, the reward factor, I'm so happy I'm still in pharmacy because that's what I am. And, you know, I've talked to pharmacists who are disgruntled at their profession. It's almost like they don't want to, they want to get into natural medicine and be a consultant, but they don't want to recognize themselves as being a pharmacist. And what I say is, please do not let go of that because we are clinicians. And us as clinicians, we have to learn how to be coaches. Um, and it's just a powerful combination and we can really help a lot of people that way. So there we go. This is my first episode back. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Stay tuned. I'm going to be back with you in eh, day two or three, maybe. And what I want to talk about then, um, what are we going to talk about then? This was the why we'd want to add to it. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about the relatability I was speaking about. Or, now you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about, I'd like to have five or six, because I say five or six, because two of the components can kind of blend together. Well, we'll say six. Six pillars to building. Um, a lifestyle and functional medicine practice. So I will be sharing that with you. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this. Please reach out to me. It's Robert Kress at functionalpharmacy.com. Uh, you can always email me at functionalpharmacy at gmail.com. Uh, socially, Facebook, it's like, what, Robert, it's, what is it? Facebook slash functional pharmacy. Um, and then the other properties like Instagram and Twitter is Rob Kress. R-O-B-K-R-E-S-S-F as in functional Rx. Alrighty. Thanks so much. And y'all have a wonderful day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And I will talk to you shortly.